الحمد لله وكفى والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدينهم سبلنا سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions very, very early in his glorious book different characteristics of the believer. And in essence, the scholars, they say that one of the benefits of these characteristics being listed so early within the first few ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah is that it provides very quickly a list of the key characteristics that need to be present in, in, in an individual in order to be able to take maximum benefit from the message of Allah. One of those characteristics that, list is, that, that is listed is وَمِمَّا رَزَقَنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ وَمِمَّا رَزَقَنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ and this translates, and from whatever we have provided, yumfikun, they spend. And from whatever we have provided, they spend. Very, very short statement. But subhanAllah, in the wording and the consequences of the wording, exceedingly meaningful. The first lesson that we gain from these few words is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the provider. Notice it doesn't say they spend from their wealth because that would actually be the way that we would say it. Spend from your wealth, spend from what you have, share what you have it very quickly establishes reality. Which is that whatever you have is actually what we have provided. Now, it's worth pausing right there. Whatever you have is actually what we have provided. So the first lesson that we gain is that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides us, especially from our sustenance, is not for ours, but it is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided it. And I think this is the biggest deception of our time. The biggest deception of our time is this notion that I am entitled to my wealth because I have earned it, because I have worked hard for it, because I have sacrificed for it, 
because I did what was necessary, so somehow this is mine. That is utter deception. Utter deception. Our wealth is not ours. It is actually a trust that has been bestowed upon us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He and only He is the provider. Every person with wealth can go back and look at their lives. And there'll be some period in which they, they at least came close to recognizing this. I can tell you how many people come to me, and I remember these you know, people over time, I remember these conversations over time, how many people come to me, because I'm in the medical field, and they're just at the time of taking their board exams. Or they don't have a residency position, which basically is a position that's required for them to proceed with their medical career. And at that time, they come so needy. Like, can you please make du'a that I get a spot? Can you please make du'a that I pass my test? I'll do anything. I'll do anything if I can pass this test. I just need to pass this test. And then 20 years later, it's a complete memory. It's a complete forgotten memory. They don't remember where they were, they don't remember how desperate they were, they don't remember the circumstance they were in. All they can remember is, I work hard, and so this is mine. But we need to be very, very particular about recognizing that whatever we have is only what we have because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a provider. Now you can look at it, look at this from another perspective as well, which is that Look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that created the opportunity within us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put a huge spectrum of ability in people. Huge spectrum of ability. If you look at some people and you say that, you know, there's varying degrees of intelligence, there's varying degrees of um, competence, there's varying degrees of physical strength, there's varying degrees of opportunity, all of these are circumstances that have been created by Allah. If somebody has more ability and somebody has less ability, why is that? Because because they inherently just have that ability or because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provided that for them? If somebody has more circumstance or less circumstance, why is that? It's because Allah has provided that for them. I mean, you can easily take the wealthiest person on the planet and put them in a circumstance in which they would have no opportunity and they would have been amongst the poorest of the planet. It's really Allah that provides opportunity. Not that somehow somebody's mining all of this wealth from the ground and only because of their effort. Allah is the one that creates all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that proportions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that measures. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides the ability. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides the opportunity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides our security. I mean, honestly, we were one cell. We were one cell that literally could have just, you know, it's a medical term, we could have just apoptosed and disappeared. Could have just self-destructed, let me say it in that way. Could have just self-destructed and disappeared. We started as one cell, which you couldn't even see in a microscope. Every one of us in this room started as a microscopic cell, which one became two, two became four, four became eight. Who put everything where it belonged? Who is the one that fashioned every cell to go exactly where it should be? Who is the one that protected us from having any kind of mutation in those cells? 
Who is the one that allowed those cells to be able to form into the bodies that we live in today? Who is the one that allowed us to be able to survive the nine-month gestation in our parents' womb? Who is the one that provided us with the abilities that we have beyond that? Who created all the opportunities? Who created the entire universe? Who is the one that is the provider of everything? Of course, it's Allah. So very quickly, you know, you're talking about the first few verses of Surah Baqarah. Very quickly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala introduces this concept. Just set the record straight. That what you have is actually because we provide. That's the first point. The second point is that in order to be characterized as a believer, and more specifically, in order to be characterized as those who take guidance from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the key features is that yunfiqoon, that they spend from what we have provided. Now, I think we, collectively, have a grave distortion when it comes to understanding what it means to spend for the sake of Allah. We think that we can go out and have a list of expenditures that are all extremely important because somehow we rank them that way and that our expenditures for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they should be something that happen on occasion. Meaning, anything that I need, that I decide to wake up one day, I need a new bicycle for my son, I need to uh, go to the sports store and buy him new shoes, I need to go to the grocery store and buy whatever anybody picks up, I need to go to the store and buy clothing for my whole family, that these are my expenses. And that maybe on some rare occasion, interestingly when it actually serves me, but it may be on some rare occasion, I'll go out and spend a little bit on the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And particularly the poor. Right? It's like a it's like a it's like a very it's a very unique um, act. It's like a dedication. It's like a dedicated act. It has to take it takes convincing, it takes uh, prodding, it takes a very, very special circumstance, like it has to be Ramadan or I'm not going to spend. But I think what we have to appreciate is that what does the word yum fikun in the Arabic language mean? Yum fikun, yum fikun means that the example the scholars give is that yum fikun, if you want to understand it, you just look at your own personal expenses, that's called infaq. Infaq means to consistently spend as the needs arise. Okay, you want to see infaq? Go pull your credit card bill. You want to see what infaq is? Go pull the credit card bill for those of you that now most, most of people use credit cards nowadays. Go pull your credit card bill. And you'll see that there's 30, 40, 50, 100 transactions. 30, 40, 50, sometimes 100 probably transactions. You know, you just take it out, whip it out. Every time you need it, you just tap it on the machine, right? That's infaq. Infaq means to consistently, regularly, abundantly be spending. Now, 
the Quran is telling us that if we want to benefit from it, right, that this is hudan lil-muttaqeen, that is a guidance for the believers, and if we want to be amongst those believers who are benefiting from it, then We have to be amongst those who spend from what Allah has provided. Which basically means that I should be able to hold my credit card bill on one side, and I should be able to hold my, 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 my charity on the other side, and there should be some concordance between them. Not there's one transaction of charity and there's 80 transactions of um, you know, uh, ice cream for my kids, a bicycle for my daughter, clothing for my, uh, you know, my, my family. I'm looking at there, there's 100 transactions on this side and you know, there's barely one or two transactions on the other side. That's not in fact. That's like prodding and convincing and you know, full lecture and uh, you know, fundraising dinner and then finally a check is written. No, that's not the characteristic of the believer. Characteristic of the believer is they're just consistently spending the same way like you would consistently spend whatever comes in in order to be able to fulfill the needs and now it's at the point of desires of the household. That same degree of consistent spending, you know, $20 here, oh, okay, there's $200 here, oh, there's $7 here. Every opportunity to be able to give is an opportunity that a, a true believer takes in order to exhibit their understanding of the reality of wealth. Meaning the reality of wealth is that it is the one, it is an opportunity for us to be able to earn Allah's pleasure and to prove, to prove that we're deserving of His mercy. There's a famous narration and the Prophet ﷺ, he mentions, As-Sadaqatu Burhan. As-Sadaqatu Burhan. Sadaqa is a proof. Such a beautiful statement. It's two words. As-Sadaqatu Burhan. Sadaqa is a proof. Sadaqa is a proof of what? So the scholars, they say that Sadaqa is a proof of a few things. Number one, it's a proof that you appreciate whose the wealth is to whom the wealth belongs, and from where it's come. Because if I recognize that this wealth has been given to me, it's a test, it's a mechanism for me to be able to earn the pleasure of Allah, then I understand the reality of it, so sadaqah becomes a proof that I, that I understand reality. And number two, sadaqah is a proof of iman, because a person who truly believes is going to spend more for the hereafter than they will for the life of this world. And honestly, if you want to summate the whole conversation that we just had, summate it in this. Do we spend more for this world or do we spend more for the hereafter? I'm not asking that people should be starving their families. But I'm just asking the question here. Ask us, let's ask a very simple question. Let's keep it simple. Let's pretend you have three kids. Okay. Let's pretend I have three kids. Do you think that if I had a fourth kid, I wouldn't spend the same that I do on the other three kids? You don't think I would put them through college? You don't think I would put my fourth child, uh, buy them shoes when I bought the other shoes? You don't think I would buy them, uh, uh, you know, a membership at whatever gym or whatever they need? You think if I had a fifth child, I would do it? Of course I would. All of you would. 
If somehow you had another child, you would spend it the same way. So now the question is, at least can we, maybe we should at least make this much of an intention. Whatever I spend on my three children, my fourth is going to be my akhirah. Can we make that much of an intention? That my fourth will be my akhirah? Even that would be so beyond what people would be doing, you know. People, they spend, their credit card bills are five, $6,000 and they write $100 checks to charity. It doesn't work that way. This, uh, this, this notion of uh, being a true believer and wanting to achieve this deen does not work until a person is ready to spend on the opportunities of serving those in need. I'm not ta- by the way, I'm not even talking about the masjid. In the masjid is a whole other discussion. I mean, masjid is like a membership. You come, you use the masjid, you, you're, you're taking from the masjid. You should be giving as much as you take from the masjid. Masjid is a whole separate discussion. I'm talking about the poor and the people in need. The ones who go hungry every night. The ones who don't have the opportunities that we give our children. I'm talking about those, your brothers and sisters, you know, the spiritual children of the Prophet them. I'm talking about them. So, I mean, for example, if each of you can say that I, I spend uh, $10,000 per year on a child, that might be high, but let's average it across the time, summate it across their time that you, you know, raise them, then why can't that same amount be spent on some other children as well? I mean, isn't that the true proof of the fact that we are one community? If the Prophet ﷺ woke up and made dua for us in the middle of the night, he did so because he had a love and a connection with us. So can we not at least exhibit some degree of connection with all of those that are part of his ummah? And then, you know, you can even go beyond that and just say all of humanity. Why should any, why should any of humanity suffer? Is not each human being an opportunity to be able to serve and an opportunity to be able to express the truth of our iman and an opportunity to be able to earn a reward and perhaps free ourselves from hellfire? I mean, do we not know that a woman who was a prostitute gave a dog water and she earned Jannah? So how could we not be willing, how could we not be people who serve humanity? And by the way, one of the great mechanisms by which we spread this deen is to serve humanity. I mean, unfortunate that we ourselves have become the blockers of the blessings that we've been given. We've been given iman, somehow it's our birthright. And when it comes to establishing the ground so that we can create a fertile soil for the rest of the world to have iman, we're just uh, thinking I'm Muslim so, and I'm receiving all this wealth and so I'm just going to spend it on myself and nobody else matters. This characteristic of continuous spending on the people in need is a characteristic that has been present from the earliest of humanity earliest of humanity. I don't have the time to go into a very lengthy discussion at this point, but you just have to page through the Quran and you're going to see that prophet upon prophet gives the same advice. Prophet upon prophet gives the same advice. The earliest advices to the people, to the early believers of Makkah were to spend on the poor. And this was a key characteristic of every person of piety from the beginning of time. It's so constitutive that without it, you can say piety doesn't even exist. You know, uh, for example, Allah says in the Quran, كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ 
that Siam has been written upon you just as it, as it has been written upon the people before you. So when you hear this, you know, one of the uh, explana- one of the uh, concepts that's raised in the books of Tafasir is that this, is, uh, this concept of Siam has been written upon you and it was written upon the people before you, highlighting that this is something that's essential to Iman as a whole. Meaning the idea of Saum was present, was written upon all the people because it was just inherently necessary to establish Iman in people, taqwa in people. Well, fasting is no different. Every community that came before you who wanted to express their piety were people who were spending on Allah the same way they spent on themselves. Listen very carefully. Spending on Allah the same way that they spent on themselves. Now we have to ask the question, and we've become we we we've completely deluded ourselves that uh, you know we spend large large amounts on ourselves, large large amounts on our family. Anything that the children want, you can have it. But then when it comes to uh, caring about those in need, caring about the sick, caring about the needy, caring about the hungry, caring about caring uh, caring about the destitute, then. We have to convince ourselves we need long lectures. Long lectures. And then when we write the check, we pat ourselves on the back. MashaAllah. MashaAllah, I made a donation today. I, I think it's very important for us to know that each community is given an opportunity based on their circumstance. Each community is given an opportunity based on our circumstance. And we live in a time and place where we're very, very distant from the realities of our deen. But perhaps, just perhaps, this wealth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed our community is actually an opportunity to be able to free ourselves from the difficulties of our times and the difficulties that we create underneath our own feet. There will be no excuse. And we might be able to make an excuse. We were 1,400 years removed from the Prophet ﷺ. We never saw the Qur'an revealed. We never met the Prophet ﷺ. We were far from Mecca. We were far from Medina. But this one feature, that we were given abundance, this one feature will be the great, great calamity for us if we don't leverage the opportunity and make it a means to be able to earn the hereafter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the provider. Everything that we have is only because He has provided it for us. And everything that we've been provided is only a test. And if anybody in this room or anybody listening loses sight of this reality, then what happens is that you get into this cyclical spiral of being lost in ourselves. And when a person gets lost in themselves, they have no clue even where they are. We have to appreciate that whatever we've been given is given only by Allah. And that whatever abilities we have were only because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted those abilities. Whatever opportunities we've had to educate ourselves and to be able to earn comfortable livings for ourselves, these are all opportunities that have been provided for Allah, but this is all a test Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not blessing all of us because we've done some great deeds. That is called akhirah, where a person receives blessings because they've done deeds. This is the dunya. The dunya is test upon test. 
When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestows upon someone in the dunya, yes, there may be a component of a blessing for what they've done, but the vast majority of what's bestowed upon the dunya is because it is a test. It is a test, which means that every single penny that comes to us will be accounted for, we will have to answer for, and we will have to stand before Allah and we will have to explain how we made the decisions that we made. If we are true believers who want to take benefit from this deen, then we need to come up with a plan for ourselves about how we're going to manage this blessing and how we're going to leverage this opportunity that has been bestowed upon us. It's not my words, it's the words of the Qur'an. وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And from whatever we have provided, they consistently spend. Now again, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying that you have to empty your bank accounts and that you can't live comfortable lives and that you can't spend on yourselves. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created that opportunity for us and that is acceptable within the deen. And in fact, I would argue that it's encouraged. All I'm saying is that when you wake up, uh, you know, when, when, you, when you look at your... Um, when you look at your two, two sides of this equation, that if you see that Allah has provided abundance and that you're living in abundance, then I would argue that there should be some degree of abundance both in dunya and in the opportunities towards akhirah. That we should teach ourselves to spend the same way that we spend on ourselves. So you come up with a, a formula. That formula can be any, any number that you decide. But it's something that we should all reflect on because one day we'll be in the grave and we know from the Qur'an that at the time of death, one of the wishes is that a person go back so that they can give sadaqah. I mean, I find it interesting that, you know, at the time of death, a person will wish that they be given more time and out of all of the opportunities that, they would have, that, could, be, that could be potentially present for them, they would ask for the opportunity to give sadaqah. So, very important to remember that the key function of this deen is that there is a part of our wealth which we consistently spend on those people in need. Which, you know, by the way, has two components to it. Maybe I'll talk about that tomorrow. I've already gone way too long. We'll talk about that tomorrow, inshallah. I will be in the name of Allah, the Most Gracious, the Most Merciful.